New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Just wanted to make a quick shout out to Jeff Brown, who left us a wonderful five-star Google review over at the site shed. Jeff said, any business owner looking for new ideas to Get on board with the site shed. Easy to follow with great advice on running a business. Uh, thanks very much, Jeff. I'm glad you're enjoying it, folks. If you have anything nice to say, uh, please go ahead and um, leave us a review either at uh, Google or iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever else you consume your podcast. It would be very much appreciated. Um, I will read them out as you have just heard. So you get your five minutes of fame there on the site shed. Uh, but no, thank you very much. We do appreciate it and it does make a difference. So thank you. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Trady Web Guys. Trady Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations, and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation. It'll be the best thing you could possibly do to kickstart 2019 the right way. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Toolbox Talks on the Sideshow Podcast. My name is Matt Jones. I'm your host, and I'm joined today with my buddy Danny Kerr from BT Academy over in Canada. How are you, mate? Good, man. So we're um, here for the second part of the Scaling Your Business from 500K to $5 million uh, series. Uh, this is episode two. We're talking about structuring your company for maximum productivity, where in the first episode, we were talking about building your one-page strategic plan. Now, in that episode, if guys, if you haven't heard that, go check it out. Um, what we're talking about in this episode, we'll tie into it. And in the first episode, we were talking about uh, setting smarty goals, setting the right goals for your business so you've got things that you can actually follow that make it achievable, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time phrased, and um, like the reason why you're setting these goals. So that was a, a bit of a revelation. Uh, I know goals can be one of those things if you don't have that framework to it, um, you know, that I can't remember where I read this and I'm paraphrasing, so I'll probably dick it up, but it's the difference between a, a goal and a wish is a strategy or something like that. If you don't have a strategy behind the goal, then you may as well just wishing for something. So I think that's right. a pretty cool episode. So in this episode, we're talking about the structuring your company for productivity and you dropped a few little hints in the last episode and we we're talking about 
I suppose, keeping your team accountable, how to structure and how frequently to run meetings and all this kind of stuff. So I think this is going to be a very interesting episode. It kind of it reminds me as well of an episode that I, I recorded with um, Al Levy, who um, I don't know if you know the Seven Power Contractor, Al Levy, he's over in the States. He's amazing. And he's he's got an entire meeting methodology that he teaches around you know how to structure regular meetings in order to basically achieve what I believe you're going to talk about here, keep everyone accountable, keep everyone productive, keep everyone on the same path, just measure and track everything. So yeah, I think that will be quite complimentary. I'll, I'll post links to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, likewise, Danny, for the listeners out there, guys, if you want to get hold of some of the amazing material that Danny's left behind, you can head across to the show notes for this episode and you can download those. Now, this is actually going to go... What Danny's leaving behind today is basically the one-page one-page strategy with an example of what that might look like. So you can download the strategy, you can use it yourself, and then you can go and implement it based off the examples. You can see how that works. There's also a whole bunch of other resources on that page from the previous episodes and podcasts that Danny's done with us, and they're gold. So go and get hold of those. They'll all be on the same page. So you just head across to the show notes and you can get access to all that kind of stuff. So thank you for that, Danny. You got it. Okay, deep breath. Right. Now, we're doing it. <laughs> The second episode here. So we've spoken about the strategic plan. Now we want to make sure that we've got maximum productivity both with ourselves and with our team. Fire away. Cool. So I'll just I'll start with a bit of a story, but like when I got really good at this is when the recession happened in 2008. You know, it was it was interesting prior to that. It was easy to make money. You just put your hand out and you work for it and people will give it to you all day long. And you have to suddenly realize like when the recession happened, a lot of people were just sitting and waiting for the phone to ring and they suddenly last minute had to react to try and make ends meet. And so a lot of people, you know, basically went bankrupt. Having a very structured company with like every being pr- everybody being productive and providing an ROI for your organization allows you to kind of outlast the highs and the lows of any economy. And being very aware of the numbers allows you to kind of really do that. So one of the first components of like structuring a company for productivity is you as a business owner have to be intensely aware of your sales numbers, your production numbers, and your company financials. And it's those three things kind of in unison that allow you to really become powerful with what you actually can go do with it, right? So if you're, if you're sitting down and you, know, and you know, okay, every job we produce, I know how much gross profit margins we make. I know we have a target of making 36% gross profit on every single job. And any job that comes below that, I know we have to something to work on and do differently for next time. I know that every single time I go and book work, I need to be at a 52% closing ratio for all the quotes that I give. I know that on average, we need only 10% of the leads we get not to be quoted. So 90% of those leads need to get quoted at any given time. If you know some of these ratios and you know some of these numbers, you can really dictate how the future year is going to play out. So what were those three again, Danny? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So your sales metrics, your production metrics, and your financial metrics. Okay. So financials, I want to know about revenue. I want to know about gross profit. I want to know about my variable expenses. I want to know about my overhead expenses. And I want to know about my net profit. Those are the numbers that I usually care the most about. When it comes to production, I usually care about how much my, I'm invoicing per month, per week. And I usually care about how many hours we're producing per week and how many hours the guys are working per week. It's a bit different than producing because it's budgeted hours versus worked hours. And with those, I can see productivity out in the field and pace. I can see if we're pacing enough to produce the right number by the end of the year. And then with sales, I want to know my leads per week, my estimates per week, my jobs booked per week, and my dollars booked per week. And within those metrics, I want to know my slippage rate, so how many leads aren't getting quoted. I want to know my closing ratio, how many estimates are getting landed. And I want to know my average job size. All the revenue I've booked and all the jobs I've booked, what's the average size of jobs that I'm booking? With those numbers in front of you on a little dashboard, you can make a massive impact on your business. 
2008, I was like, my average job size is going to drop from $2,000 to $1,500. My sales ratio is going to drop from 30% down or 35% down to 30%. My you know, average margin on the project could potentially drop by a couple percent because we have to charge less per job that we're doing by like one or 2%. What's that going to do to my overhead and so on? And what I started to realize and see was on the sales side, I needed way more leads about twice actually as many. And then I could go and figure out how much I needed to spend on my best lead generator, which was signs and door-to-door marketing. And I went really? and put more money into the budget. Yeah. <laughs> and get into that topic all the time if you want to. But wow. we did, we got 60% of our work from door-to-door. Wow. Yeah. So we got really good at being active marketers because I knew we had to, because I saw the recession coming and I was like, there's no way people are going to click on our ad and buy from us like they used to. We got to go to them, right? And I, I put a lot of money into active marketing, put, took it away from passive marketing and also shed a lot of like useless expenses so I could put more money into those areas because I realized off the metrics what had to happen a year ahead of, ahead of time. So structuring your company for maximum productivity, it's, it's a great topic to talk about, but it all starts with you as an owner taking the time to know your numbers. One of the things we're going to put in the show notes is a tracking form that will help you go from your sales to your production to your financials and see the whole thing on one dashboard. It's that Excel file that we gave out a year ago. It's Oh it's yeah, I've got that. With that it's actually in that in the uh, in the folder there. So that's great. You guys want that? It's yours. Go get it. <laughs> yeah. So use that file we're going to give you. And essentially with that, you can really start to see where the productivity of the company can be focused on and how to make adjustments on it. So... That's, that's point one on the whole thing. And what, what that is, if you've ever heard of the term KPIs or what's mm-hmm. called key performance indicators, those are your KPIs, those numbers and those metrics I was just speaking to. Yeah. And you visit those weekly? Weekly, every week. Yeah. So tell me about that weekly visitation. Sure. So yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. Actually, there's a bit of a process I want to go through talking about this. But what we do do with our staff is once we've got those numbers kind of dialed in, we then every do, week do something called GSNR, stands for goal setting and review. And so every week I've got my sales team. So let's say my lead generators are in charge of generating 20 leads a week. We're doing goal setting review on how, how do they do? I got 18 leads that week. Okay, cool. So how do we get 22 next week to make up for the difference? We're focused on that one metric. My production team, a guy might be focused on producing a million dollars for the year and we produced $20,000 last week. It's like, great. So every week, if you're producing 20 grand and you have the guys working 200 hours, we're producing at the right rate. And that's why I'm helping them focus on that stuff. I might be focused just with my field staff, the painters themselves. Like, are you producing 40 hours a week or are you producing less than that? And everybody's got a number or metric that they're accountable for based on what they're, you know, based on what the whole company needs, but what they can have a direct impact on what they're doing their job. Weekly review on that one number for them. You can get creative with this too. Like I saw one company we used to work with was an appliance repair company and they would send people out to go and fix appliances basically, right? So they would have insurance contracts through LG and Samsung and you know all these key um, appliance companies and they would pay for the first time for the guy to go diagnose the issue and fix the issue. But if he'd misdiagnosed the issue, then they would have to go back and fix it on the appliance repair company's bill, not on Samsung's bill. So the technicians had something called first time completes. That was the metric they were held against. And they had to maintain an 80% first-time complete ratio, be eligible for bonuses, to be eligible for you know, moving up in the company. And that was, your, that was the measurement you were held against as a technician. And it was very reminiscent of your ability to, to do a good job. It was your KPI. And so are you tracking like, these meetings? Are you basically opening up that spreadsheet and you're just tracking it off the spreadsheet? How'd you go on this one? Bang, 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 bang. Or are they entering it as they get them? 
So every week, we usually try and get our, our owners to have a system to be able to pull these numbers out. So we say, hey, you need QuickBooks to know your financials on the jobs. Yeah. You need some sort of project management software. So like Jobber, Jobnimbus, Acculinks. There's a bunch of them out there for different industries, but mm-hmm. you need something that manages the projects and the, the booking of the work mm-hmm. and so you can pull a report. And then from there, you need some sort of way to make sure that if you don't have time being tracked, you have a time tracking app, so like T-Sheets or something like that. And we use those three kind of like little systems to pull weekly reports and then put the numbers from those weekly reports into a little Excel file that tells us goal for the week versus our actual. And that slowly adds up as we fill it out week to week. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I, I mean, I, is that is that a big process in pulling all that information out of other programs to enter it into a spreadsheet? So it can be. It depends on who's, how everyone's set up. We, so here's what we do. So we, right now, we onboard about five companies a week with this process. So we've got a, quite a big team. We've got quite a few clients now we work with. And everybody goes through kind of an initial six weeks where we teach them these concepts. And then they go through about three months of helping them get these metrics. So if you don't have certain systems set up, we've got to help you get it set up. If you're not sure how to pull the reports or you don't put data in that normal or your staff's not normally used to doing that, we've got to get them used to doing that. So it takes a bit of habit recreation and a bit of a few systems that need to be introduced. But I notice with our guidance, it still takes about three months to do properly. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. So yeah. it's not a magic one fix. Takes, takes No, nothing ever really is. I know, <laughs> especially with technology. I mean, I, I'm just forever looking for that one tool that can do everything and it doesn't exist and it probably never no. Unfortunately. So, but yeah, I mean, that's the basic idea. And, you know, when you get smart about this, you can do cool stuff, right? So you can say, okay, well, my project manager is in charge of producing us a million dollars this year at a 35% margin. So essentially, what I'm saying to them is they need to bring the company $350,000 of revenue for the company or sorry, gross profit. And in doing that, I can now write that into his job description. I can say, hey, Mr. Project Manager, you're not only in charge of delivering materials, keeping the customers happy, training the crews, you're actually in what you're really in charge of, what all those things mean is you're in charge of $1 million produced at a 35% margin. That's your actual job. And how you get those numbers are all the tasks below that. We interrupt this podcast today to talk to you very quickly about Tradey Web Guys content creation program. That program has been designed specifically for trade-based organizations as a way that you guys as trade business owners can start creating content that enables you to engage better with your customers and your potential customers. It will enable you to build trust and build rapport because what you're doing is you're investing in educating them. Biggest problem that we see with our customers today is that they're not regularly updating their websites. And that's a problem because first of all, the search engines are looking for that. And second of all, potential customers are also looking for it. Trady Web Guys content creation program has been specifically designed to help you get regular, relevant content on your website consistently every month. We know that it's hard when you're out there on the tools, and we know that sometimes you don't always have the time to be able to do these things yourself. So we're taking it off your hands for you. It's a service that we're offering for you guys. We want to make sure that you're getting this done because we know how important it is. Anyway, head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash content, fill in the form, and one of our representatives will come back to you. So we, and I think we're going to give this away as well, but we have like nine page employment agreements that thoroughly outline persons what's called deliverable, their KPI they're trying to hit for the year. And to hit those numbers, here's all the things they need to go do. So it really starts to hold accountability to somebody. And when you can take that number you're holding them to, and then give them it and say, here's what you're in charge of, and then coach them weekly on how to hit it. You as an owner move from being like their boss who's trying to tell them to work harder and they're just pissed off at you for, for yelling at them all the time to a bit more of a coach 
who's there to help them perform on their personal goals to achieve their results that they promised at the beginning of the year. I know we've spoken about this a load in the past, and I'm get, we're probably going to talk about it a lot more in the next in the next episode. So we won't we won't dive too much into it. But you know, so often the whole myth around oh I can't find anyone that can do the job properly will fall back on us as the business owners because we haven't recruited properly, we haven't onboarded them properly, we haven't trained them properly, and as a result we weren't able to retain them. And then of course we blame them and fire them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of what we talk about, it's funny, like this session too, like how to structure comfort for maximum productivity. It could also just be recoined like how to get productivity out of millennials, right? basically, right? Because like there was a time when you could just be like, go do your fucking job and like I'll see you at the end of the day. And people right. work their ass off all day because it's their job and it's what they're told to do. I feel like the world has changed quite a bit. And now people that don't understand that you need to have metrics, you need to have targets for people, you need to kind of gamify their daily job and reward them for doing you know, doing well and help them feel like they're a part of something and engage them in that, that level. You, it's going to be hard to get productivity out of somebody. You, you need to create this environment of goals and review and coaching and you know, a target so that people know where they're going with things. And that's what this kind of sets that up for. So Love it. We've spoken about... The GSNR side of things, the meeting side of things. We've spoken about, you know, having that dashboard which keeps you accountable. That's that's a struggle for a lot of people. A lot of people freak out with the tech and the data side of things. Like they mm-hmm. really do. I'm one of them to be honest. Like I still struggle with that a bit. Like I'm. I mean, I know you can sit in front of a in front of an Excel spreadsheet and just come out the other end with this amazing piece of thing. I I, I do. I struggle a little bit with that. But at the end of the day. It's it, it's about having that information available to you and having something that you're tracking and keeping updated, right? Yeah, and and here's the thing: like I, I suck at a lot of stuff. I am not the greatest guy at a lot of things in the business, but I have t- a team that helps me. Right. And you know, here, here's the thing: when you're so this whole talk is about how to go from 500k to five million bucks as a business, and the key behind a lot of this is realizing your strengths as an owner and your weaknesses. Yeah. It doesn't change what has the components that have to be in there. Right. But you just have to make sure you put the right people then in the right place to help you get that data. Like I talked to most of our owners suck at this kind of stuff. You're right. not the only one, man. Like the, most entrepreneurs aren't built to be data buffs and people that are highly like technical. Like they're, they're out there producing work all day and working with guys and figuring out problems all day on the job site, not sitting in front of an Excel sheet. And that's pretty normal. Yeah. But when your business gets to $3 million and you don't have a way to go, you know, where are we, where are we at versus where, where should we be and holding people individually accountable to their roles, it gets messy. Yeah. And whether you're doing it or an assistant is bringing you the numbers at the end of the week, doesn't really matter. Just you need the numbers. So, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So have we pretty much covered off there what you, everything you wanted to talk about? I mean, I haven't really dived into what I like project management and you know things like that but I'm guessing that's kind of another conversation on its own yeah this is at a very high level this is the understanding of you you don't need to put your people in charge of tasks you can put them in charge of deliverables you can put them in charge of numbers and when you start to do that you start to change the conversation from why didn't you do your job to let me help you hit your goals this year Mm. And I don't know if it was you that told that told me this or or Al Levy or someone one of the Million amazing guests I've had on the show, but I um, mean, you know, the difference between actually, I'm sure it was Al Levy because we did a series on you know how to retain staff and that kind of stuff. And he was saying the best way to retain your staff is to basically do what you said instead of offering them a job, offer them a career path and show them that there's a map and you know there's a blueprint they can follow to help them get from A to B. Yeah, yeah, I, l- I love to tie them into the success of the company, like. 
here, here's a cool bonus structure for a lot of you listening. If you've got a project management manager and you're saying, hey, Mr. Project Manager, I would love you, let's use the same example. I'd love you to produce a million bucks at 35% margin. So I would love you to bring to the company $350,000. I'm going to pay you a $60,000 base to go do that. Great. Well, what do I get if I do more than that? And this is where people always say, like, why bother working harder? I don't get, pay- I don't get paid anymore for it. Mm-hmm. You can start to introduce a cool bonus structure. One of the ones I like is called gross profit driver. So I can say to them, whether you deliver me more revenue or the same amount of revenue, but it's more profitable, I'm going to pay you 10% of uh, all the revenue achieved over to, over 350000 bucks. So if you bring in $370,000, that extra twenty grand, that's a two grand bonus for you at the end of the year. And now you're tied into the success of the company and it's limitless up until the end of the year anyways. So you can really start to, as a project manager, take more self-control of like, I'm going to do a bit more revenue or I'm going to do a bit more revenue with a bit better margin. or I'm going to stay at this revenue, but I'm going to keep the margin, you know, a little higher than what what could be. And they can think now a little bit more like an owner does with a bit more of a dynamic brain about the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And you could affect, could you do that for people in all all areas of the business? Like a different sort of... yeah. Yeah, yeah, like all the way down to the technicians. I mean, we used to, everyone's a little different, but we used to do piece rate with our painters, right? So I would say you have 100 hours to produce this job. And if you do it in 90 hours, you get paid all 100. If you do it in 110 hours, you still only get paid 100. Right. So you, you get you get to set your wage basically on your ability to be productive on these job sites. And it was an interesting way to just always hold everyone to a standard. And if they did better, they could make more. If they did worse, they got paid what they were worth. And I was now, it was my job to help people make money. That's all I was focused on. How can I make you more money? Because I'm helping you be more productive as a result. I suppose that then off the back of that, you know, KPI, you've got to have another bunch of KPIs, which are like, well, obviously, if you get lots of callbacks, then you don't get the bonus if you get... Yeah, so you, you, this is where the employment agreement comes in. And we, we've actually, like I said, we have some downloads for you guys. But like one of the one of the parts of this was if there's a callback on your job site, you have to go fix it. And it's all a part of your running hours. So... Right. If you finish the job in 90 hours and you have you're about you got paid the extra paid the extra 10 and it's three weeks later you're still going back for three hours to fix that right. job it's, you didn't get paid for it but you did right because it's all right. part of what we paid you for that project so right. it, it yeah quality is absolutely a part of this and here here's a very interesting conversation we didn't get into today but every single person that works for you needs to be either bonused or heavily you know gauged on quality volume and profit all three mm-hmm. and it's the combination of those three that really keep people in check. So when it's all about volume and not about anything else, profit and quality slip. If you're wanting to really produce really good product for your client and it's all about quality, revenue and profit usually tend to slip. And if it's all just about, you know, the bottom bottom line and making tons of money off of every project, revenue and quality tend to slip. But having all three in check, they kind of hold each other in equilibrium. Yeah, interesting. And so that would be something that you would dictate in the job description? Yeah, you dictate the quality you expected. You dictate how many the volume expected, and you'd also dictate the profit. Yeah, so I'd be Mr. Project Manager. I'll add to this, but Mr. Project Manager, you need to do one million dollars in revenue. There's your, your there's your your volume. You need to do it at a thirty five percent quality or um, profit margin. So that's your profit, and you need to maintain a four point six percent Google rating out of five on all your projects. There's your your quality, right? Gotcha. So it's, you, everyone can do it a little bit differently, but ultimately, all employment agreements, if you can, should have some sort of quality, volume, and pro, um, profit metric in there. And then that's the thing you'd address quarterly. You address it quarterly. You can address it annually too, depending on how you do it. But ultimately, these are the numbers that they care about every week as they work towards their year-end goals. Right. But I mean, you're not going to. I mean, you might have one week where they get you know five-star reviews back to back, and then you might have next week where they're like 
school yeah with oh no i've got two two star reviews you don't want yeah. to freak out over right like listen that's fine it'll balance out but, but yeah we used to use an interesting quality um gauge called net promoter i don't know if you've ever heard of this it's essentially you ask a customer how would you rate us out of 10 and if they would rate you a 9 or a 10 out of 10 that meant they really liked you. That meant they're probably going to go out of their way to tell other people about you. So you get a point. You get a point for a 9 or a 10 out of 10. If they rate you an 8, you get a 0. So you get it's neutral. So you get nothing. And if you get a 7 or below, you get a negative point. And what we would do is say you, you know, interview 10 people and 8 of them give you a 9 out of 9 or 9 out of 10. One of them gives you an 8 and one of them gives you a 6. You now have a 7 out of 10 net promoter because you had eight points but you lost one and the other one was neutral you have a 70 percent net promoter which what's what that actually tells the company is 70 percent of the clients that you're working with are going out of their way to tell other people about us that's mm-hmm. what net promoter kind of means so apple uses it a lot of big corporations use it and it's a really simple way to see our what, what's the buzz of our job sites if a person's got a 20 percent net promoter that means that 80% of the projects that they went and worked on, nobody really wanted to tell or gave negative reviews about you behind your back. The other 20% said positive. That's not good. So we always tried to shoot for a 50% plus net promoter. Try and have half, if not more, of those people really rave about us. Yeah, interesting. Cool, man. All right. Well, is that, uh, is that pretty much, does that wrap up that episode? That's good. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. Okay. So that was, that was episode two. That was structuring your company for maximum productivity. It followed on from building your one page, one page strategic plan. And it's all part of the uh, scaling your business from 500,000 to $5 million series I'm conducting with Danny Kerr from BT Academy. Uh, guys, head across to the show notes and you can get access to all, a whole bunch of amazing documents, tools, resources that Danny's left behind. Um, he's adding to them again in this episode as well, in this series as well. So there's, there's loads in there and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, I think they're actually by far our most downloaded resources <laughs> through the site shared resources page. So that should give you some indication of their value. Uh, we're going to come back in the next episode and we're going to be talking about how to generate rockstar employee applications. I know a lot of you guys are struggling out there with staff. It's a conversation we have almost daily in our community. So um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of value out of that. Danny, thank you for your time. Look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. You got it, Matt. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.